So we're going to spend a little bit of time looking at God's word. And uh, so if you have your Bibles with you, it'd be great if you could turn to Psalm 91. And I'm going to begin by reading it. So Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions. And under his wings, you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence that stalks in the darkness or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. For you have made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. For he will give his angels charge concerning you, to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands, that you do not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you will trample down because he, sorry, you will trample, you will trample down because he loved, has loved me. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honour him. With a long life, I will satisfy him and let him see my salvation. Before I speak, I'm going to pray for us. Father, though we're scattered geographically this morning, we still all sit in your presence. Father, we thank you that your word goes and spreads around the world and doesn't return to you without achieving what you sent it to accomplish. And so this morning, we pray, Father, that you would speak to our hearts in the midst of these confusing, difficult, and unusual times. Would you speak into our hearts? Father, I pray that each listener, wherever they are, um, geographically, would be in the center of your presence this morning. Give me the words to say, And Father, may we be transformed into more looking like you. Amen. So, one of the most regularly used words in these last couple of weeks when describing the current situation is unprecedented. And I think that seems fair. Um, Our our restaurants, pubs, theatres, gyms are now closed. Tomorrow morning, our children will not be picking up their school bags and heading off to learn. Many of us adults will not be heading into our offices or workplaces to do our jobs. Some of us are decamped to work as best we can from home. Others simply simply been sent on unpaid leave or laid off or told there's no work at the moment, moment, so stay at home. And there is an awful lot of fear all around us. I was working in York earlier this week, 
before I got recalled to my desk and uh, spent some time talking to a couple of employees in a pub, not something that it's possible to do now, um, and the next day to an owner of a cafe that I was visiting. Fear of the unknown, fear of the virus, fear of no income, fear of the future, that was what they were talking to me about the uncertainty and the fear that that brings. On Thursday, uh, Beck and I uh, were walking back from the supermarket having bought up a, a few normal things and we're walking through the park in Shirley and we were stopped by a lady who just wanted to talk. There was no kind of adherence to any social distancing on her part, um, but she she was fearful. She asked if we'd bought bread and when we showed her that we had a loaf of bread, she said, well, I've got one in the freezer. And I'm taking out a slice at a time and I'm kind of hoping that it lasts. There's fear out there. This week I've spoken to people who are carers, whose own respite care is falling apart. People who've been told, sorry, there's no work for you. Self-employed friends who are saying, where's my next income going to be coming from? And we see the effects of that fear as people stockpile as they strip the shelves in our supermarkets of essential goods, selfishly grabbing for themselves, meaning that others go short. It's a result of fear. And this in itself then leads to the compounded problem where there's then not enough for everyone. And it has struck me this week, we spent some time last year looking at things like Habakkuk and preparing for difficult times. But it struck me this week that it's it's very easy to be glib in the easy times about the difficult times and say, yeah, I'm sure we'll just trust in God. Well, Jubilee, here is our test. Here is our test. We're entering uncharted territory. And I believe that this psalm is helpful for us. The start of the psalm reads like this. I'll say it again. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. What an incredible truth. But that's the description of the person that the rest of the psalm applies to. The person who dwells in the shelter of the Most High and abides in the shadow of the Almighty. And the psalmist, probably Moses, um, but the psalmist picks up that picture, develops it in verse 4. This picture, which you can probably see on your screens, of the, the mother bird covering her chicks with her wings, gathering them in. He says in verse 4, he will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you may seek refuge. And in these difficult times, we have a choice to make. The choice is this, which shadow are you going to choose to live under? Are you going to choose to live under the shadow of this worldwide pandemic of coronavirus, which casts around the shadow of fear everywhere it reaches? Or are you going to choose to sit and dwell under the shadow of the Almighty, who invites you in to the safety of his embrace, and presence. The choice is about where you're going to live, where you're going to dwell, where you're going to reside. This isn't a a temporary refuge that we just run to because there's a storm for a little while until it passes. This is about our permanent residence. This is a reminder of where we belong. 
And before I look at a few, just a couple of parts of the psalm, I want to speak specifically to a few groups within the church. Firstly, for those of you who've been preparing for exams, you young people, the GCSEs and A-levels, you do know that God knew about this in advance, don't you? Our family were affected in a in a small way by this uh, just the other day. Joseph, he's 10, he's been preparing and practicing for his grade three piano exam. It was due to be this Wednesday. And last Wednesday, it was cancelled. He's gutted. Months of practice, perfecting the fingering, practicing his scales, going through his orals, getting it concert ready. All that work. And for what? And as a former teacher, I understand the disappointment that there must be around not being able to sit your GCSEs. The 10 GCSEs or whatever you've been preparing for. The three A-levels, the BTEC course. It doesn't seem fair that you've worked your socks off for months or years and now you can't get a ch- chance to show it. A chance to feel rewarded for all that hard work when you open your results, slip on results day. I understand that you're disappointed. And disappointed that, that the end of school possibly is just kind of fizzled out. No end of year prom or party. No signing leavers books. But have you considered that every single one of your days is numbered and marked out by God's gracious hand? The decision to have no exams doesn't mean that what has happened is wasted because nothing in God's plan is ever wasted. Maybe you feel like your future is now less secure. It's not. It just means that your future does not depend on your performance in your GCSE or A-level exams. Your future relies on him. And so I encourage you to take your disappointment to God. Tell him how you feel. Explain that you feel angry or hurt or betrayed or wondering what the point of all that was. He understands. He wants to hear from you. And he's inviting you in to live in the shadow of his wing. I want to speak to the children. Many of you will have heard a lot of talk about coronavirus. And some of it will sound scary to you. You might be feeling confused or worried. You might have noticed that the adults that you know, especially parents or teachers, are acting a little bit differently from normal at the moment. And you've got lots of questions. You might not understand why it was okay to go to school on Friday, but it's not okay to go to school on Monday. Maybe your clubs have stopped. Maybe this week, the things that are your favourite things to do, you haven't been able to. You want to go to school tomorrow morning and see your friends and teachers. You want to be, even now, in your normal sparks, blaze and ignite groups with your friends rather than listening to me on a telly. I'm sorry about that. But what you need to know, children, is that you are loved by Jesus. That has not changed. And even though these next few weeks look a bit different, he is the same. This is a time when God will provide different opportunities for you. And please know that you are an important part of Jubilee. 
And we will be providing some crafts and some worship activities and ideas which you can do at home over these coming weeks. So you can carry on learning about God and getting to know him better. He invites you to come under the shadow of his wing. I want to speak to you parents who now face an extended time with your children at home. You might not be a teaching expert. You might not ever have dreamt of being a homeschooler. You might be concerned that you're going to let your kids down in some way. But I think for us as parents, it's time to remember that God chose you to be the parent for your child or children. And when he decided that, he knew that this would happen. And what that means is that he has placed you ready to be the best influence on their lives for this next season. Yes, it's daunting. Yes, you're not equipped like a school. But you are equipped as a Holy Spirit filled mum or dad or carer. So come and dwell in the shadow of his wing. And there are many other groups too that we could talk to. Those of you working in companies where cash flow is a problem. You need to know that God has all the resources of heaven at his disposal and he invites you to live in his shadow. Those of you who are worried about being lonely at this time, when social contact is diminished, you need to know that God is your constant companion. And he invites you to live in the shelter of his wing. For those of you who are older amongst us and you hear constantly that you are at greater risk. Know this. God is your protector, your shield, and he invites you to live in his shadow. For all you families and mums especially who can't get together on today of all days of the year. Know this, he is sufficient for you and he invites you into his shadow. For those of you who are feeling bewildered about the changes going on, the increase in the use of technology to communicate, even as a church, this live stream you've possibly never used before, this Zoom which you've somehow got to figure out how it works. Will we be able to leave our homes What restrictions are coming next? How long is it going to last for? What does life look like? Know this, God has gone ahead of us and he invites us to live under the shadow of his wing. He understands, he understands. And the invitation is there to live in the shadow of his wing. And so the reality is that these difficult times are probably not going to melt away tomorrow morning when we wake up. Although God can work a miracle and dismiss this this virus. But it's important to note that in this Psalm 91, the psalm doesn't promise insulation from trouble. In fact, the reverse is true in this psalm. So verse 15 says, I will be with him in trouble. There's an expectation that trouble will come and will be experienced. Trusting in God doesn't equal a trouble-free life. Trusting in God doesn't mean that there's an insurance policy against difficult times. But what the psalmist does promise is that we can have freedom from fear. Did you know that? 
Did you know that at this time, when there are people described like I did right at the start, that you can live fear-free? We don't get immunity from the disease, but we do get reassurance that it can't touch us, not in any significant eternal sense. And so I want to draw your attention to verses 5 and 6. This is the promise for us today. You will not be afraid. It's a guarantee. (laughs) You don't have to be afraid. And the psalmist gives some illustration of that. So he says, you you will not be afraid of the terror by night. I don't know about you, but how much worse do things seem at night? In the middle of the darkness, when you lie awake and your brain churns around things and you imagine the worst, you do not have to be afraid. Of the arrow that flies by day, whereas the terror in the night is an unseen foe that assails our minds, the arrow by day is an observed attack. It's opposition, persecution, something we can see coming. We don't have to be afraid of the pestilence that stalks in the darkness. How appropriate is that for us at this time? Freedom from fear of pestilence. The psalmist, exactly like us four months ago, had never heard of coronavirus. But COVID-19, coronavirus, do not have to strike fear into our hearts. That's what this psalm is saying. And we don't have to be afraid of destruction at noon. The psalmist, when he's picturing this, is imagining cities and land laid waste, devastation on a huge scale. And so notice that these four things, they provide freedom from fear in the night and in the day. In the darkness and in the light, noon. There's no need to fear the physical, the terror, sorry, the the mental, the terror, or the physical, the arrow that comes. No need to fear the minuscule, the, vi- the pestilence or virus, and the huge, the devastated cities. The scope of what we don't need to fear encompasses everything. Everything. And so for us, as we, as we face today, it includes coronavirus. It includes the restrictions. It includes the isolation. It includes the changes to our lifestyle. There is freedom from fear for all of those things. Fear paralyzes. Fear cripples, fear overwhelms, fear dominates our thinking and there is freedom from that this morning for you. But what I love about this psalm is that it doesn't just leave us with an absence of negatives in the shadow of his wing. Come in and just don't be afraid. He feeds us as well on promises, big, bold promises in the psalm which we can pray. And it struck me yesterday when I was looking through this that I think the average amount of sleep is eight hours per day or night, um, which leaves 16 other hours in the day. And there are 16 verses in this psalm. So I thought it might be fun to set your alarm once an hour throughout the waking day tomorrow and each hour when your alarm goes off, meditate on one verse and go through the day like that. How different would our thinking be from meditating on social media posts or news feeds? But verses 14 to 16 bring these promises to a climax. 
Because he has loved me. Again, the person who loves God, therefore I will deliver him. So there's deliverance. I will set him securely. There is a secureness about our place in God. It says, he will call upon me and what happens? I will answer. That's the promise of God to us this morning. Not only that, but he will be with us in trouble. He will rescue us and honour us and give us long life and satisfy us and let us see salvation. That is the inheritance of those who love him. So come and dwell. Come and live in the shadow of the Almighty. The image of the shadow of his wings, like that mother hen that we saw earlier. But I was reminded of emperor penguins. And uh, there's a, a picture there for you. But the chick that is hatched, um, and you've probably seen this like me on the recent David Attenborough thing, but hatched on the on the feet of the, the father penguin. And uh, the egg hatches and the chick grows and it basically just sits there snuggled into the wings of the father. In ridiculous circumstances, the weather, the howling blizzards, the darkness that can probably be felt through the long winters, the storms. And the father doesn't eat for months, becomes hungry, doing all it can just to protect the chicks. The father bears the brunt of the battering, the danger, takes it all on himself. How like Father God is that for us? What about the chicks? Well, no doubt they can hear stuff swirling around outside, but it doesn't come close to them. And that's the invitation in this psalm, is to come close and dwell under the wings of the Father. Sit on his feet and know the security of that. This psalm is about us accepting that we are helpless in the face of something that is unknown and scary. This coronavirus is doing all sorts of things to our society. We have to accept that we're helpless in the face of it, but that acceptance then leads to a decision to dwell in the shadow of the Father rather than allow fear to overshadow us. And we know from the letter that John wrote in 1 John 4.18 that perfect love casts out fear. So not only do we have to just not fear, but actually there's a solution for it. Solution is perfect love. Gets rid of fear, casts it out, removes it. What we need to crib the title of a famous book is we need to know love in the time of coronavirus. And so I'm going to pray for us. I'd encourage you maybe to stand if you're able to in your homes and place a hand where the fear may be in danger of lurking. For some of us, it will be on our hearts that will feel it. For some of us, it will be on our heads because we will think it and overthink it. But I'd encourage you to confess that fear to God, to ask him to remove it. And I'm going to pray for us that we will be invaded by the Holy Spirit as he pours out his love on us.
as we come into the shadow of his wings. So I'll give you a moment just to respond where you are. And then I'm going to pray for us. And then I'm going to finish by reading some very famous verses from Romans chapter 8. So why don't you pray now? If you're with other people, then you may want to lay, place your hands on each other and pray for each other. And just ask for that protection as you come in and dwell in the shadow of the Almighty. So, Father, I pray for each person who is listening to this, wherever they are, right across this this county and counties and cities. Father, may you invade by your Holy Spirit now the hearts of each one. Father, we, we confess that we are people who are prone to fear, prone to worry. And we ask, Father, that you would forgive us for our lack of faith, And you would draw us again afresh into the shadow of your wing. That our step of faith would be to climb into your presence. Father, would you, by your Holy Spirit, pour out your perfect love into our hearts. That we would know freedom from fear. Whatever shape that fear takes, that we would know freedom from it. And we would know what it is to dwell in your presence. Father, may your shadow, your wing, you who can take all the batterings and all the difficulties of difficult times, may that be our protection at this time. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. Just as it is written, for your sake we are being put to death all day long, we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced, did you hear that? I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.